Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up at 1 a.m. and then go to the bathroom or whatever it is that you do and then, and then you go back to sleep instead of starting to think about all the things that are going on in your life and you stay up for three hours and then your, the rest of your day is ruined? Wouldn't that be amazing? That's what we're talking about here. Whenever you really believe that God exists, God knows you, and God is going to walk with you through every circumstance of life because he has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you, but to always be with you. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Every sermon you listen to on this broadcast is recorded live at Valley View Christian Church. Our mission as a church is to help families follow Jesus. We accomplish this mission through a strategy of belong, become, and bless. In today's message, we are going to focus on one of these strategies to help you better understand what the Bible has to say about us belonging to a community of faith, becoming more like Jesus, and being a blessing to the world. If our mission to help families follow Jesus resonates with you, or our strategy to belong, become, and bless is one that you would like to be a part of, then we want to invite you to a service at Valley View Christian Church this Sunday at 9 or 10.30 a.m. Now please enjoy this message from Pastor Philip. Now as we consider who God is calling us to be as a church, uh, we started last week a sermon series, just three weeks, called The Big Three. In the big, in the big three, what we're focused on is our strategy as a church that's going to help us to be the church that God is calling us to be. Our mission as a church is to help families follow Jesus. And, and, and you can catch up on last week's sermon to understand why we have that mission that we have. But that mission is accomplished through the strategy that we have, which is belong, become, and bless. And last week we talked about the importance of belonging to a Christ-centered community and why that is so significant for us and the impact that that can have on our lives. And this week we're going to talk about becoming. Becoming more of the people that God has created us to be. Specifically having the faith that God is calling us to have in him. Now just for a moment I want you to imagine what your life would be like if you had perfect faith. Just think about that. What would your life look like if you had absolute faith in God and there wasn't any doubt in him? What if you had the kind of faith that consisted of these specific things? That you believe that there is a God who exists. In other words, you're not a cosmic accident. That you aren't a creation by chance. That you weren't just a statistical probability. Instead, there is a God who actually created everything because that really does make a lot of sense when you think about it. That never before has nothing come from something and there had to be an uncaused cause and that uncaused cause is God. And he created everything. And then you have to come to a point where you ask the question, well, is this uncaused cause God involved in our lives or not? Does he know who we are? And from a biblical standpoint, we believe that God does know who we are. He knows us personally. He knows what's happening in our lives. He knows what you've done, what you're doing, what you're going to do. He knows your children. He knows your parents. He knows your grandparents. He knows who you are. He knows what you're good at, what you're bad at. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what you don't struggle with. He knows you. And then you come to a point of does this God see us through the circumstances of our lives? 
And that is what the New Testament Christian faith brings you to. That you believe that there's a God who exists, he knows who you are, and he is going to work you through all of, walk with you through all of the good and the bad of life. Wouldn't it be amazing just to have that kind of faith that when difficulty comes your way, maybe it's a parent who dies unexpectedly, maybe it's a cancer diagnosis that you didn't see coming, maybe it's a divorce that comes out of nowhere, maybe it's a bankruptcy that you don't even fully understand how you got to that place but you're in that place, it's a business that failed, it's a kid that's making bad decisions, and now you're at this point where you're dealing with this very, very challenging situation, but when you have a perfect faith, whenever you have this kind of a faith, you say, it's all right. God exists. He knows what's going on. He's going to see us through what we're dealing with, and this good God is going to work all things out for the good. Wouldn't it be great when you deal with temptation? Whatever that thing is for you, maybe it's a substance, maybe it's something sexual in nature, maybe it's just to, to bl- explode and blow up on whoever, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a coworker, or maybe it's a child, whoever it is. When that temptation comes, you don't give in to that desire because you have a perfect faith and you know that God has got it and everything's gonna be okay. Or whenever you catch some kind of a windfall and, and now you have a new promotion, you have a new you have a new position because you received that new promotion and you have a new title and then you have maybe more money than you can even spend but you're not getting puffed up and proud because you have a great faith and that great faith is saying to God be the glory for all the good that's coming our way. Wouldn't it be just amazing to have that kind of faith? The kind of faith that causes you to not have anxiety? Huh? Are you, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. Are, are you struggling with some anxiety? Do you have to deal, take medication because of where your emotional state is? Wouldn't it be nice not to have to worry about a lot of those things? And some of that's indeed medical and you, you have to deal with it. But, but what if there was an aspect of it that was related to your faith and you just knew that God had it? That God was so present in your life and had you in the palm of his hand in such a way that, that you didn't have to give in, again, to those anger moments. That you didn't have to give in to that temptation because you knew he was going to meet all of your needs. Wouldn't it be nice to wake up at 1 a.m. and then go to the bathroom or whatever it is that you do and then, and then you go back to sleep? Instead of starting to think about all the things that are going on in your life and you stay up for three hours and then your, the rest of your day is ruined, wouldn't that be amazing? That's what we're talking about here. Whenever you really believe that God exists, God knows you, and God is going to walk with you through every circumstance of life because he has promised never to leave you, never to forsake you, but to always be with you. And that is the journey that God has us on because we never fully get there. But that is where he's wanting us to get to. God calls each and every one of us to come as we are, but never stay as we came, to go down a different path. That's what he promises us in Philippians chapter one. I thank my God every time I remember you, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so God is wanting to do a good work in you. But how does he do it? God is wanting you to have a great faith in him, a perfect faith in him that really believes that he exists, that really believes that he knows your name, that he knows you. Terry and Dan and Emily and and all the other people that are here, he knows who you are. 
And he's going to walk with you. He wants you to believe that. But how do we believe that? How do we get there? How does he get us there? Well, some of it we can control and some of it we can't. As I have uh, gotten to know many of your stories, many other people's stories, as I have looked through the scriptures again and again and again, what you find is that there isn't necessarily 10 or 15 succinct verses just packaged together perfectly that communicate to us how God grows our faith. Instead, you see a lot of different examples. And if you were to look through the scriptures, you might come up with a list of 20 or 30 ways that God grows your faith. He stretches your faith. He's leading you to have a perfect faith. But I'm going to share with you five. And I think that these five are probably present in your life. At least a couple of them are for those of you that believe in Jesus. And it's these five things that I want you to consider what it is that you can say yes to. Now, by the end of the sermon, what is it that we're going to say that you need to really say yes to, that God is calling you to say yes to, that's going to help you to have the kind of faith that isn't constantly losing sleep at night, that isn't worried all the time about whatever it is that's going to happen, that isn't scared about the future, that's at peace and is able to love and is able to have joy and is able to experience the full life that Jesus had for you. So how does that happen? Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives and we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. Well, there's five things. I'm gonna give you the first right here. The first is this, providential relationships. Maybe, maybe if you were to tell your story, you would say something along the lines of, I kind of hit a wall, but then I met this person. I was really stumped, and then I joined this Bible study. This girl came alongside me. This guy came alongside me. He was further along in my faith than, than me. Uh, he was further along than me in the faith. She was further along than me in a faith in Jesus. And they, they came into my life at just the right time to help me to go to the next level. As you look at the Bible, the Bible describes it this way when it comes to providential, not just random relationships. I'm not talking about somebody that just knows, the finance, knows finance better than you do. I'm not talking about somebody that knows how to handle a difficult conversation a little better than you do. I'm talking about a providential relationship that God brings into your life and you are better for it. And maybe you've even come alongside some other people and they've been better for it. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, if we're willing to journey together. In the book of Acts, there's a guy named Paul. And Paul had a friend who believed in him, who needed to make sense of the Christian faith for him a little better than Paul was making sense of it. And that man's name is Barnabas. 
And Barnabas was the only one who was willing to intersect into Paul's life at just the right time to make that difference. Because he had been a persecutor of the church, he is a man who was known for overseeing executions of Christians, he was a man who would put Christians in prison for their faith, and Barnabas, after, after he saw Paul had this great change of faith, he lived three years with him. And as you read through the book of Acts, there's this interesting dynamic that happens. You read Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, because Barnabas was the leader. But then the protege passed up the leader and then the text switches and it goes Saul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas. And why does it do that? Because Barnabas had helped Paul along to take that leap forward, but he needed that relationship to get there before those guys parted way. Let me say it to you this way. Engaging another with faithful experience where we have inexperience grows our faith. Newsflash, you don't know what you don't know. I don't know what I don't know. So we need someone to come into our life to open our eyes. There was something years ago that I had no idea about, and it was relationships. I had come to faith around 22, I come to faith in Jesus at 22. I had been journeying with the Lord for about 18 months. But in the course of that, I had dated somebody and I really didn't know how that was all supposed to work and it really didn't work out. And, and I knew that I was supposed to just date Christians, but I, a Christian girl, but I didn't, I didn't, like I just didn't know. I just didn't know how it was supposed to work. I was trying to bring in these old practices and these old principles and these old lessons, but it wasn't working out. And I had a friend in my life named Chris Morgan. And him and I crossed paths and I went to Chris and I said, Chris, you know the Bible better than anybody that I know. You've got a great marriage. You're strong in your faith. Would you meet with me and talk me through what the Bible has to say about relationships and then has just to say about life? And so for six months, him and I met, and it was life-changing. He talked me through the Song of Solomon, and through the course of that, I learned how relationships were supposed to work. I learned how marriage was supposed to work, at least to a certain extent, and then on the back side of it, I was a changed person. I was so changed that I had friends of mine go to Chris and say, Chris, would you do for us what you did for Phil? Because he is different. And they would meet a little bit here and there, but it never really panned out. And that's the lesson in that is that that was my providential relationship. It wasn't theirs. And Chris had experience in ways that I had inexperience, and I needed to grow my faith, but I needed him to help me. And man, my life benefited from it and was forever changed. And I think that there have been some times where I've come alongside other people, and that's been the case, and I've been able to give back to them, and so that's been a good thing. And maybe you've done that as well, but I bet if you were to tell your story, you would tell a story of someone, a Sunday school teacher, a mother, a grandmother, a grandfather, maybe it was a father. You, you're gonna tell a story of a friend. You're gonna tell the story of a youth group leader who came into your life and helped you to get to where you're at now as it relates to your faith in Jesus. And God is continually bringing these providential relationships into our lives. These people who have experience with their faith in ways that we have inexperienced and when we learn from them, it grows our faith and we're better for it. And so maybe, maybe there is someone that you need to say yes to, to pour into or to be poured into by. 
Because those providential relationships will grow your faith. The second way that God grows our faith is practical biblical teaching. And you might think, what? Why is he bringing that up? Well, here's how it often works with with people when it comes to the Bible, is there's a belief, but they don't know how that belief affects their behaviors. That there is some sort of information, but then there's not application. And and because there is an application of the teaching, the biblical truth, then it doesn't become real in our lives. We don't know how it's supposed to transform us. You know, case in point, the story of the wise men. You probably know the story of the wise men. We're pretty sure they were men for a variety of reasons. We don't really know how many men there were, but they they gave three gifts, so we assume there were three wise men. But as the story goes, they go to Jerusalem looking for little baby Jesus. And then they probably showed up when he was nine months to 18 months old. So they show up, they go to Herod. Herod doesn't know about Jesus. And he says, well, after you find him, come back to me. Come back to me and tell me about him. Well, that's what they plan to do because they, they want to respect the king. They want to show allegiance to this king of this territory. And so then they go find Jesus and they realize, whoa, this guy isn't up to anything good. And guess what they did? They shifted their allegiance from a worldly king to the king of kings. And then what happened? They didn't go back the way they came, they went back a different route. You see, you might know the story of the wise men, but what the story of the wise men teaches us is that we can't have an allegiance to an earthly king, we gotta have an allegiance to the king that is above all other kings. And when you interact with that king, you go home a different route. My point is, you might have the information but you've got to get some practicality to it to get to to that place of application and that grows your faith. And when you do that, when you do that, what you're essentially saying is, is I have faith in what is being taught here. I believe what is being taught here. I believe it so much that I'm actually gonna do something about it. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. When Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, he said some crazy stretching things. He said, if you're angry at somebody, it's almost as if you are uh, going to murder them. If you look at somebody lustfully, then it's as if you have already committed adultery. He says, you need to be storing your treasures up in heaven. You need to invest in God's kingdom. He said those things. And then after the Sermon on the Mount, after he gave them all that information, He said, now that I've given this to you, here's what it all comes down to. What are you gonna do with it? 
Everyone then who hears these words of mine, everything that he just said in the Sermon on the Mount, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not, uh, and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And, a great, and great was the fall of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you are when you go to the beach, but when I go to the beach, I'm looking around at the houses there and I'm thinking, man, how do you get one of those? How do you get into that house? This is convenient. This is nice. This is amazing. It's just a dream. But, but I think that away when I go there. Because when you go to the beach, you, you realize, wow, this is really nice. How do we, I want to be here more. I want to be in one of those homes. Again, this is so nice. We all think that away until the storm comes. Because when the storm comes, you wish you were about a mile inland on some rock and you're not going to be as affected. You know, it, it's probably awesome. Uh, well, let me say this. It is awesome if you come to church every Sunday. It is amazing if you go through different Bible studies. It is incredible if you put yourself under the feet of some of the world's greatest teachers that are all available to us online. But if you don't do anything with it, you're just like that nice house on a beach that's just waiting on a storm to come along and tear it apart. We've got to apply it. And when we apply it, when we choose to do that, here, catch this. When we choose to do what Jesus asks us to do, even when it doesn't make sense, because it doesn't make sense not to retaliate according to the world. It doesn't make sense for you not to get even. It doesn't make sense for you not to go out and fulfill every physical desire that you have. It doesn't make sense to store up treasures in heaven and be generous to God's kingdom. It doesn't make sense. But when you choose to do what he asks you to do anyway, it will grow your faith. And that moment when you read the Bible and you start to make sense of how it impacts your life is revolutionary. Revolutionary. The third thing that God uses to grow your faith, and this is, let, this is not something that you need to seek out, but it is something that comes to every single one of us, is difficult circumstances. What if we viewed the trials and the tribulations in our lives as blessings instead of curses? Well, that would take, that would probably take a perfect faith. That would take the kind of faith that, that says you believe God exists, God knows who you are, and God is going to walk with you through every single thing you deal with in life. James says it this way, count it all joy, my brothers, when you, how would you finish that sentence? You would probably finish that sentence, I count it pure joy when I eat a great steak, when I eat a big dessert, when my kid finally does what I asked them to do. I would count it pure joy whenever things like that happen that I want to happen, but not when I face trials of various kinds. Because those trials rarely come one way. Generally, those trials will go after your health. They'll go after your marriage. They'll go after your children. They'll go after your finances. They'll go after your career. And as you face these trials, he says, count it all joy, for you know that the testing of your faith, because all of those things, those challenges test your faith, they produce steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Not many of us would ever say that we enjoy having difficult circumstances come our way, but I bet every single one of us can say we are better that we have had some difficult circumstances come our way. 
a few months ago, I had a surgery on my knee. And part of the rehabilitation process was to go meet with a physical therapist. And some of the more modern methods actually deal with this kind of a concept. They, they put me into what's known as a blood flow restrictor. Now, I don't know about you, but the idea of restricting blood just doesn't ever seem like a good thing. I mean, maybe you know more than me, but it seems like if I, the blood goes down my leg, it should come back up my leg. Like, that's just common knowledge. At any rate, they have this new technology. It's called BFR, and it's related, again, it's related back to the blood flow restrictor. And their goal is to restrict 80% of your blood flow in, where, in whatever part of your body it is that's getting this particular rehabilitation. So they attach this, this contraption to my leg, and they restrict the blood. And I'm talking to this guy, and I'm saying, why do you want to do this? And first of all, they really try to talk you into it. I mean, he tells you all kinds of stories, because a lot of people do not want to do it. And, I, and he talked me into it. I said, all right, I'll try it, and then we'll see where it goes from there. So he gets me into this contraption. He's restricting the blood. It's incredibly painful and difficult, and it doesn't make any sense. But what he says is, it stimulates the cells and activates the muscles in ways that if you were to just go about doing your rehabilitation in a, in a normal manner, you wouldn't benefit from it nearly as much. Instead, by this added difficulty that is attached to your rehab, then you're much stronger as a result of that. And so I go, I go in there, I do it, go back the next week, and sure enough, the exercises are easy. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.